Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Up we go. Into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. So what Doctor Who-y things have we been doing? We're slowly but surely making our way still through the third Doctor's first season. We are in the middle-ish of his third serial. There are four serials in that first season. So hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, without doing damage to the microphone, we can finish that first season before we do our third Doctor episode Yes, for March. Yes. So we can at least have one series of the third Doctor. Yes. We've been really busy lately. Yeah. Doing, doing stuff and stuff. Doing stuff. Now, this kind of doesn't necessarily Doctor Who per se, but we've been listening to uh, David Tennant podcast. Oh, yes. So which, he's, he's had some... Which we love. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very interesting. Um... Or usually is, you know, the, the sort of random guests, and so they talk random things. Oh, now which one did you? Which? Well, I think the only one I really enjoyed was Olivia, the first one. Yeah, she Sir, was delightful. Sir Ian was good. I mean, you know, he he, he wanders a bit, of course, but that's uh, Ian. McC- oh yes, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That didn't feel like an interview. That just felt like Old Ian McKellen. Yeah, yes. <laughs> just have, having. Which is all good stuff, but yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. I enjoyed Gordon Brown. Okay. Did you not? It was all right. You got to get more into British politics if we're moving back <laughs> over the ocean, darling. Well, if you want to interview Tony Blair, I'll be there. Oh. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Fair enough. But yeah, that's been about it for the most part. Have you been reading any books lately? Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> That's not true. I've been reading lots of books. I just haven't been reading the <laughs> Mark Gaddis book. The Mark Gaddis book. That you were assigned. That I was in assigned class. in class. And that's probably why I was never, even as a literature major, never wanted to read the books I was assigned. Mm-hmm. I'll read them later when I'm not assigned to them. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> a little bit. I don't know why I've always been that way. The man. Yep. That's what it is. Well, last night we went to the movie theater. It was not to see Captain Marvel. It was not. No. That's that's this weekend. That's right. Uh, but we, what we did end up seeing was Fathom Events, as they are prone to do every now and then. We're showing the fourth Doctor's last serial, Logopolis. I don't know if Logopolis? I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I always just think like logistician. Um, as part of the sort of uh, promotional... Uh, campaign of the blu-ray coming out with the fourth doctor's last series which number that is off top of my head but anyway so that was sort of part of it i remember they this is not new i I know when um star trek the next generation first came to blu-ray a few years ago at this point um they would always have one episode that they would put up and like they had like the best of both worlds with the borg two-parter and theaters for one and you know like that so that was just a, a way to always do promotions there so yeah and it works yeah there were people there. We weren't the only ones in the theater. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. It was. I always <clears throat> feel you know it's always like one night though, and usually a random night. So. Yes, Wednesday night is not necessarily the best night for us to drive forty five minutes to the cinema. But. Yeah, better than that Monday night or something. Yeah, yeah, and there was beer and food in the cinema, so you know I like that. Right. So yeah, let's get into it, and this is uh, I'll. 
do the synopsis for the beginning of Legopolis. The doctor goes to Legopolis, how many times can I say that, to repair the TARDIS's chameleon circuit, not knowing that a shadowy watcher is spying on him. Meanwhile, his old enemy, the Master, has only recently gained secure longevity, longevity. longevity by possessing the body of Tremis and revels in his safety. He has plans of his own for the planet of mathematicians, Legopolis, and a plan that could spell doom for the entire universe. The Master's plan could rock Legopolis, <laughs> the keystone of all life. Could this mean the unraveling of the causal nexus and the end of the universe itself? The Doctor must pit his wits against the Master in a desperate battle to thwart his plans, but he is aware that this might be a fight which could easily spell the end of his life. Dun-dun-dun! So, as can sometimes happen in these presentations, the way this four-part serial was presented as sort of a feature length, and so there's no cliffhanger, credits, it's just one long story. So how did you think it worked? Um, I thought it worked. Mm-hmm. There were places where I was like, oh, this is where that episode ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I, it worked for me as a as a full serial. And I think I would have gotten annoyed if they'd done credits and then the theme and then the credits and then the th- mm-hmm. and that, you know. Don't need all that. Don't yeah. need it. Yeah, I, I think I, I tried to splot. I tried to spot the cliffhanger. I think I only did one, and then after that, I sort of just stopped doing it. But, yeah. And, you know, of course, it's it being Blu-ray, it's touched up, obviously, a bit. Mm. Um, and then the new effects were in this as well. Yep. Um, so they, they certainly... The, also in this one, little tiny mathematicians. Yes. yes. <laughs> Your favorite part. Yay! <laughs> they kept shrinking, people. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is an interesting... You know, because you know, I'm not a, a, a classic expert, but it's something I never thought about that the master, at least, uh, well, yeah, I was going to say this version of master, but that's not true, that, that the master does, because in the Deadly Assassin, when that's Crispy Master, um, that's what he does to, like, the Time Lords. Little tiny yeah, Time, time l- Lords. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird ability, but, yes, yeah, hey, a, a consistent one. Hypnotism and shrinking people. Yeah, he does seem to have magic skills mm-hmm. that... The doctor doesn't seem to have. Right. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, because we watched, I mean, it's been a second since, but when we watched the Master's first appearance and is that Terror of the Autons? I can't remember off the top of my head. But the third doctor, I think he hypnotizes Joe Grant. Yes. And so, I mean, at the beginning it's established. Um, so I don't know. <clears throat> I guess to make him more interesting than the doctor. Yeah, it's a strange thing, though. Mm-hmm. Is it like most Time Lords have this ability and the Doctor is deficient in some way? or Maybe the Master has just gone to different... I mean, could Romana shrink people? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Master can turn into a snake, too. So, you know. And Eric Roberts. <laughs> and he can turn into Eric Roberts, so... Maybe he's just a Time Lord prodigy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was one thing with the special effects, which, you know, they, they told us a million times before the movie started and after the movie started. So I think like if they didn't tell you, you would probably not notice it in a good way. You know, you, you yeah, would be like, oh. Yeah, it felt very subtle. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, other than some of the computer graphics, 
did seem not 1979 or, or 80 or whatever this 80 was. 80 or 81. Yeah. Because the women talk about it several times. Yeah. Cause, and and it's, it's just, you just see it on the screen, you're like, oh, and they're like, wait a minute, that could have done that in 81. <laughs> I mean, it's actually too good. Um, but it's, it doesn't throw you off other than just like, yep, that's how we, that would look if we did that now. Yeah. Um, and then using the actual, uh, whatever it's called, radio telescope. That's not what it's called. But anyway, um, whatever it's called. I like radio telescope. Is that what it's called? Right. Okay. Yeah. Instead of using the modal. Yeah. It's only a model. I did quite love the um, extensive use of a dot matrix printer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was exciting. I liked how they were like, oh, this human stuff, you'll have to read it or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so well, let's get into it a little bit. So okay. characters. You haven't seen this one. It's been a while since I've seen it. But this sort of picks up from uh, the second Romana leaving uh, eSpace. And so now it's, and then, um, and I forget whether the, then that was followed maybe by the Keepers of Tracking episode when Nissa is introduced and the Masters introduced or reintroduced, for lack of a better word. But anyway, so basically what I'm trying to say is this sort of starts with a little bit of continuity. Mm. You know, we see the empty Romana room. We see yes, Nissa, and we don't often yeah. uh, we see a lot of the TARDIS. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, the inside of the TARDIS. Um, there's a garden. Gothic garden. cloister bells. Yeah, and this is actually, I had to look this up, this is actually the introduction of the cloister bell. This is the first time it's ever heard in Doctor Who. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Like, the cloister bell in general, or just... Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, you'll... Yes, I'll point it out more. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it's it's very... I look forward to it. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't realize that this was when it was introduced, because I know they sort of make a big deal of the fourth Doctor being like, oh, this means something. But I just thought like, well, we've, you know, we just haven't had it with Adric, so he has to explain it to him. But no, this is... The first time they've ever had it, so. Well, there you go. Yeah. Cloister bells and yeah. uh, Romana's room. Yeah. So um, it's just the Doctor and Adric, which you know that's a pretty boring combination. Because uh, <laughs> because again, without remembering where everything was, I'm like, is Nissa hiding in a room or something? When is she popping out? I feel like we've been 30 minutes into it. I got not really like, oh, she's just like boom, you know, she comes in like the yeah, because apparently she'd gone away. Well, or she hadn't hadn't left her home planet. That's what it was. Oh, okay. She was back on track it or whatever it's called. Because I guess, you know, it wasn't sort of like her last episode was just sort of like guest star. But now, oh, I see. Now she's oh, okay. companion. So that's when the, the ladies were talking later. As he was saying, well, it's your first one. Was that your first one, too? Kind of, in a way. Kind of. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. So, and by the ladies, we mean there's a there was an extra at the theater with, um, oh, if I can remember their name, Sarah Sutton, who, of course, plays Nissa. And what is Tegan's real name? It is currently escaping my mind. But anyway, the two Tegan. Act- We'll go with yeah, but the two actresses um, were sort of did some extras uh, for for this presentation. Well, anyway, so getting into you, the proper introduction of uh, Tegan, what'd you think of uh, her? Yeah, I thought it was a good introduction. Uh, I like Tegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Tegan better than Nissa, which mm-hmm. I know is not the way you feel. No. And you seemed to think that I would change my mind, but so far I have not. I don't think I said you'd change your mind. I just said you were wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to change for you, baby. Um, <laughs> you know my feelings about Nissa when we entered into this marriage. <laughs> um, yeah, so I liked, you know, they established the whole uh, air stewardess thing. That's not the correct Hostess, term anymore. I don't know. Uh, oh, flight attendant. Flight attendant, thank yes. you. Is she going to wear that outfit all the way through? Not. All the way through. If you remember, and I'm trying to remember as I talk, 
that she actually leaves mm. the sh- show and then comes back later because we saw the episode where she came back. Uh, it was something with her cousin, yeah, vaguely something, something, something. It was in London. Yeah, and he had there was some drug deal gone bad or something. Yes, I know we reviewed it on the show. Just can't vaguely, remember. Yeah. but anyway, that's the point is she left and came back. So yeah. right, okay. So yeah, she wore different things. Okay. Yeah, she actually has. I feel like in that one she was wearing a red flight yeah. attendant's outfit. Oh, well, who knows? Yeah. Um, and this one was not red. She actually, and we may do this one time, there's a, whether it's interesting or not, because it's been a while since I've seen it, but she actually has two different serials involving, well, I can't remember, one is called Snake Dance, I don't know if that's the first or second one, and then there's another one, it's basically, it's like she's this planet where she kind of gets, I'm trying to remember if I watched this with you or not, or whether it was Doctor Who's Alien is it anyway, but anyway, there's sort of this ongoing storyline, there's one serial where she gets sort of like taken over as sometimes happens um and then like five serials later they kind of revisit that so it's a little bit of sort of continuity you know okay. a little character continuity because it does traumatize her a little bit and so as it might so i forget if that's why she left or anyway but anyway i just thought that it's an interesting part to that character because you know the fifth doctors is it tends to be one of my favorite doctors but his stories and companions are not always my favorites so but anyway but anyways that's the introduction of tegan who of course will be the fifth doctor's uh companion so, um, Nissa reintroduced, I suppose, but uh, she doesn't necessarily get a lot. But anyway. Just sort of appears. I'm back. Here I am. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, oh, well, you do a little bit about the Watcher. I want to, I want to, sure. I have questions. Yeah. Well, but I think we all do. We can come back to it. Sure. So, yeah. So we get Nissa and then Adric. Because the Watcher apparently is the one that brings Nissa back, right? right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Adric using his star to break open phone boxes. Yes, his sheriff's star. Yes, his mathematical excellence badge. I've been deputized. Ah, shot the address. <laughs> That's later. That's later. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of then again, without having seen the Keepers of Triken recently, I'll just call this the introduction of the Anne Lee um, master, the last name of the actor. Um, what do you think of this? Well, I know you've seen it before, but anyway. The introduction, at least, of this version of the Master. Or at least the full introduction of this version of the Master. Yeah, I mean, this Master feels, to me, like... He's the one I think of when I think of classic Master. Right. Um, is that because he does it for a really long time? He does it for a really long time. I yeah. mean, you know, so this is his... I mean, yes, he appeared previously. But anyway, full Master of Serial <laughs> is this episode. And you think he's still the last episode of Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who. He's in Snake... In, um, the survivors with the cheetah people really and that was the last episode no, there you go. The, so, yeah so yeah, four through I eight remember you know or so seven he, excuse me four through really seven is kind of the, yeah. the classic he's the fourth doctor of masters <laughs> yes he's there forever yeah apparently he's the only he appeared with every doctor you know from not that there's any left but from then on until but except there's no sixth doctor master story oh really right i wonder why Maybe he didn't like him either. (laughs) Oh, sad. (laughs) But anyway, so but what do you think? You know, because he, I, 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 you know, I've said this a million times. I'll say it again. I just feel like there's often too many master stories from this point on. You know, all over the fifth Doctor, um, and then not as many with the seventh Doctor, but still. But I just thought they used a little too much in the fifth and none in the sixth. Right. So that doesn't support your hypothesis (laughs) at all. But, uh, but, you know, he's obviously uh, broadly uh, written and broadly performed. But Yes, yeah. It's villain, 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 villain. But I think one thing, I didn't actually know what his 
plot was this episode. Like what his plan was? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was sort of like, I'll take over Logopolis, because take a drink, um, and... <laughs> Destroy it. Or silence it, or he wanted to put a pause button on it, and that was cool. And then he's like, ah, put a pause button. Huh? Oh, don't worry, I can still press play. Oh, shoot, this remote doesn't work. Well, I've ruined the universe. Yeah, and there was no in- explanation in- of entropy. why. Yeah. It was entropy. And little tiny <laughs> mathematicians. And that was his fault. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, he, he was villain. He is, as you say, he's such a caricature villain in mm-hmm. my mind, you know. If he had a cape and a top hat and twirled his mustache, I don't know that he could be more of a stereotypical villain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And he has his TARDIS that actually chameleons. Yes. Yes, and was like a column. And then a fern of some sort. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about the plant. Yeah, no. it was a plant first, and then it was a column. It was a police that? box first. And well, then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yes, and then, yes. Column, plant, column. Why did he kidnap that police officer? It's unclear. All right. All of it's unclear. Why did he materialize inside an actual police box with his police box? It's like, I see you like police boxing while police boxing. Here's and a it, police box. Yeah, and yeah, it was all. And then he police boxed in the TARDIS. Although I think that had something to do not with, on purpose, like but. he was trying to hitch a ride with the TARDIS. With the doctor's TARDIS to get to Legopolis? I think it was something like that. Because I was like, why is he even on Earth if he wants to destroy Legopolis? But I think that he had to go with the doctor somehow. Yeah, it was a little confusing. I'm going to admit that. The, uh, I, I mean, it was interesting, but the the first part of... I mean, like, the first 30 minutes was sort of losing me. Yeah. Um, but, I'm, I'm, you know, I was like, I was hanging on. You know, this is, you know, but... Because the characters are interesting, but... It, which is what I always argue about classic Who. Even if the story or the um, props or costumes can be kind of weird. I mean, you know, the characters are always at least interesting. Because, um, like, even the fourth Doctor, which we'll get to in a second here, um, was sort of just randomly talking for 30 minutes about entropy. And I'm like, I... No idea what you're saying. But. Stop, stop listening. It's 29 <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah. You seem to care, though. So that's a. Um, <laughs> we appreciate your enthusiasm. Well, and I guess before, you know, getting into the fourth act, before that, so the actual plot of the story, because we've talked a little bit of the characters here. The story itself, uh, what did you think about it? It's typical, in my mind, classic Doctor in that. This was a very thin story for four episodes. Right. Yeah, because it is sort of teasing, oh, we're going to go to this place. No, never mind. We're going to be on Earth. We're not going to go to the place. No, we're going to go to the place. And then we go to the place. And then we go back. Yeah, to, I was starting to think. That we, we actually were about wouldn't halfway go. through <laughs> before they finally got to Legopolis. And I was like... Did they just call it that because it's ironic that they never end up going to Legopolis? You're looking at your program going, well, it says that it yeah. is. Yeah. And then there are things that they don't, like I didn't understand the TARDIS within the TARDIS within the TARDIS within the TARDIS. I didn't either. And they sort of walk through and, you know... Adric uses his sheriff's badge to, to unlock the TARDIS, and they go in, and then there's another TARDIS, and Adric uses his sheriff's badge to to open that TARDIS, and they go into that TARDIS, and we do that three or four times, and then they're like, okay, well, let's go out again, Well, no, and, we, that, and then don't even Well, they go into them. it, and then are outside. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, But it still makes outside, a little sense. And yeah. then they come back in, and it's gone? 
Yeah. And explanations do not abound. Yeah, and Tegan somehow got locked into parts of it. Right. Um, but I'm not sure which TARDIS she was, I, I think it was just the original one, and then why did she get locked in, and what's up with that, and it, yeah, it, but then they let all of that go, mm-hmm. and that was confusing and to me. And they're off to Yeah, and then they're like, okay, none of this stuff matters anymore, we haven't resolved any of it, off we pop. <laughs> Let's go make some new op- complications. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very confused about what ultimately the Earth detectives decided happened. <laughs> with that with jerk? The, with, no, with oh. the little tiny policeman and the little tiny auntie. Yes. Like what? What? I want to see that police file. I think that's when the unit comes in off and uh, cleans up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to have to because inside that car were two little tiny. Or maybe they were just like, oh, they're dolls. But they didn't think that, because then they were like, doctor, we need to take you in and question this. And I don't understand why the doctor was, wasn't like, why do you need to question me? There's a car with two dolls mm. in it. What's the problem? I you just know? wandered in from... Uh, What's yeah. the crime? It, it, they yeah. badly made dolls. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make them. Talk to Mattel. I don't know. I thought you were also going to talk about Adric having a bike fall on him. Yes. Ow, this bike's on me. Yeah. Someone, ah, fooled you. Now I'm off. (laughs) Yeah, the whole thing, yeah. There were were a lot of holes in this plot. I have to say, I mean, even though, I don't want to say it was boring. It wasn't boring, but um, lackluster, maybe a better word. Logopolis. I mean, once it got on a bit, you know, once all the teeny... Mathematicians happen. Yeah, <laughs> too tiny mathematicians. <laughs> but monitor, you know, for such a, I don't want to say it's a nothing part, but like it was actually an interesting guy. I kept waiting for him to do something a little bit more interesting because he he was he, I don't know he he had a thing about him. He was a watchable quality. Um, I was sort of waiting for him to do something else though. Oh, and that's the other thing. Yeah. Then Tegan's like, "Why are you using all of this cheap labor? You need to. These guys need to unionize. This is a sweet sh- or sweatshop. This is a sweatshop. And then the, no, we're no. not going to explore that any further either. Right. No, not many women on that planet. I noticed. No, that's true. All, uh, all of those or young people. Yeah. It was all those old guys with weird things on the back of their heads. Yeah, they sort of remind me of uh, the Babylon Five girl. That Bruce Boxleitner marries. Oh, Delenn? Yeah. Delenn Bari? Yeah. Okay. With the thing on the back of their yeah. heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. And then, going back to Earth. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't... Again, Dr. Who, you don't have to explain everything to me. I'll, I, I can... But, but anyway, the, you know, they that the Legopolins um, stole... <laughs> Legopolians? Yeah, stole... Oh, no, I forgot the name of it. Phoebe, what's the Greek? The borrows project i forget what it's called oh yeah anyway but anyway that that thing's from the earth and i'm like really for 1980 earth was really the technology you were going for there but anyway so then, but then we go to the ferris project on earth britain of course <laughs> and there we go and even that plot i sort of didn't know exactly what was going oh, no, on i didn't have a clue i mean i get all right as much as i got it that you know somehow Logopolis was holding the universe together. I mean, I got that. Sure, that's fine. I'll go with it. Entropy. Um, yep. There they, was something about entropy, and they were stopping it, and something, and and I guess they had sort of alluded that that's why they went into e space because they kind of created anomalies by doing these things, which will anyway. Oh, and then they talk about entropy. Yes, they got it. Yeah, and then 
They go to Pharos where they're going to whiz bang because they sold computer parts. And then the wire, but then that was going to fix everything. But then the doctor pulled the wire out because the master was going to take things over. And then, and then the story ended. Yeah. So the universe is saved, I hope? I assume so. Okay. I think that's a fair assumption. So. We don't hear anything more about it, so. Universe saved, asterisk. Um, (laughs) So, okay, let's let's actually talk about the heart of this match. So this is the fourth Doctor's last hurrah. What do you think, you know, having seen enough of the fourth Doctor, right? What do you think of this? Is this a good last story for him, or how was he, or all those wonderful things? Yeah, he's fine. I didn't think that this was a good last story for him because it's so busy doing so much <clears throat> we're gonna set up the next series tom but we also want you on this <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly what that felt like and that's a terrible last hurrah um so i kind of felt bad about that um i did enjoy the regeneration flashbacks Mm-hmm. All right yeah and um uh, i didn't know a lot of those people but it was okay yeah i mean Sarah right. Jane was there. Yeah, Sarah Jane. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you recognize the classic ones, the Zygons, the yes, Cybermen, yeah, the Daleks. Yeah, yeah, no, the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which is interesting because <laughs> they had the bad guy flashback, and then eventually they had the companions flashback. You don't have to get a bad guy's flashback. Yeah, no, that is not what I want when I'm Davros. dying slash regenerating. Mm-hmm. Is for all of the bad guys in my life to. It's it's like, you know, on my deathbed, are all my ex-boyfriends going to flash through my head? Because nobody wants that. Right. No, I think it's interesting because, or as, as much as it is, because the, the sixth Doctor, of course, doesn't really get a regeneration, nor does the seventh one. I mean, he does, but not until the movie, so not in classic Who. Yeah, and even that, he, does, he doesn't get yeah. the flashbacks. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't. He does. That's a good point. So the fifth Doctor's the only comparison, and he sort of has the... The heads that float around. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. you sort of have the master at the end laughing. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yeah, it, it, I did I did like it. Um, I always am struck by, and, and it's not just me because I read it somewhere else too, that Tom looks re- really bad in his last series. I mean, he almost looks better now than he does in his last series. Mm. And it wasn't maybe as bad in, in Logopolis. I don't know if this just cleaned it up, maybe with the Blu-ray stuff. But he just looks really older than he does. I mean, I know he's a doctor for a while, but he just looks ra- more haggard, really. Like thinner, really gaunt, almost kind of in, in a way. So I can tell why he stopped. Though, again, he'd been doing it a long time at that point. So He told Tom Baker at the beginning of this, you know, before the, the Logopolis started, he, he gave a little short... Thing. I didn't quite. He said now when he said he would go to the set and sleep there. Was that after he had quit? I'm not sure. I sort of got the impression that it might be. And Which that's is that weird. sadder? Yeah, that's sadder. <laughs> I mean, if it's while he's because first I thought he meant while he was the doctor he would go to the set and sleep, um, which is weird, but okay. Um, but if it was after, then that's, that's, that's not good. Yeah. Like he would go <laughs> sleep on the mattresses that they used so the for stunt, the stunts. Yeah. Um. Which doesn't seem hygienic either. <laughs> um, and may explain the haggard look. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's strange. Maybe going through a divorce then. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and he also talks about the fact that he's still the doctor. <laughs> I have no doubt that he still believes that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't know if we necessarily got like any... 
you know, fourth doctor isms, you know, like if it's the last thing, you know, you're going to pull out all the stops. Like I think about like the third doctor one with Planet of the spiders where he's like driving a car, flying the plane, a helicopter, you know, he's doing all the third doctor. Like we're going to jam pack all this in. (laughs) It's the last one. Yeah. Fourth doctor. Like you said, I don't think he really necessarily, I mean, he trips someone with a scarf. That's about it. Yeah, that's true. He does, but it's not even his traditional scarf. No. It's the red one. Yeah, like it would have been inch. Well, and I don't know. There, it, it was fine the way it is. I'm not trying, but you know, I just think about like with the eleventh Doctor when he takes the bow tie off, um, having the the scarf off. But of course, we know in Castro Valva with the fifth Doctor, the newly regenerated. He's remember we he oh yeah he uses it to find his way scarf. around the TARDIS and sort yeah. of unwinds the scarf and it's sort of very symbolically. I don't know if that was on purpose. You know, winding off the fourth Doctor. So, it gets done later, I suppose, but, yeah. Yeah, weird. All right. Weird. So, let's talk about The Watcher. Speaking of weird. Yeah. So, what did you, because I've shown you the regeneration, but I'm sure it didn't make sense when I showed you the book. So, now you've seen the whole context. Yes, yes. And I sort of originally thought The Watcher was somehow related to the um, Master Mm -hmm. for a while. Well, Adric thought the same. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the Watcher is a mummified version of... The future Doctor. Uh, yeah, and and how does that work? And is that a thing that you can do? Because <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> and yet. I feel, I feel like that's not a thing you can do. And then why? Because... Well, solves a lot of problems. Clearly, by then. <laughs> I mean, we've already had, right, the three doctors. Right. And so we have seen that, you know, even though it's not supposed to happen and you're not supposed to cross your own timeline, blah, 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 right. doctor does it all the time. Right. So we've already had a film where we've got three doctors all in the same room. Right. So then why, what... And what is his purpose for being there? Just to be there for the regeneration? So why? But he he had to have already been there for the regeneration in order to go back in time to be there for the regeneration. And why is he dressed as a mummy? <laughs> I wore the chains. <laughs> <laughs> Forged in life, yeah. yeah. Instead of the scarf, it's the chains. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I don't, I don't, I'm sure there's, you know, fan essays about The Watcher. Um, the only thing I can think of, and you haven't seen it yet, but it doesn't necessarily make it make sense, even when, if you do see it, (laughs) is you, that we haven't watched, and well, we will one day. It's not horrible, but, um, The Trial of the Time Lords, the Sixth Doctor's final season, which is, we've seen one, I can't remember what we saw. But anyway, um, The Veil Yard is the prosecutor who is supposed to be an amalgamation of... I'm going to get this wrong when I say it, so you can yell at me, audience. The 11th and 12th Doctors? Or maybe the 10th and 11th Doctors? Yeah, like it's supposed to be an amalgamation of two of the Doctors' future regenerations. Because, like, spoiler alert, um, he's actually prosecuting the 6th Doctor so he can steal all his remaining regenerations. But anyway, so this is the sort of other weird concept that we'll eventually tackle again, is future combination... Doctors, I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, does, as much as that makes sense, but the watching. Mean, I guess one thing, because much like you, I think I saw the regeneration before I saw the actual serial. But even having seen it, there seems to be a suggestion, at least, like even if it's a future ghost spirit doctor. I mean, as I, as much as I can get with that, but it almost seems like he's also 
you know, to genderify it. He's also sort of helping the doctor regenerate because he sort of literally sucks in and then the doctor turns white and then Peter Davison says hello, you know, and so it's kind of like an enzyme of regeneration, you know, it's like, I can't, I can get that he's part of the, an appearance or a specter, but like, you know, the fourth, the doctor needed to regenerate because he turned all pasty or whatever. Yeah. And also, why do we need the watcher? Other than to go get Nyssa. To help the plot. And the fact, <laughs> and the fact that he goes to get Nyssa, uh, doesn't that automatically exclude him from still being just a watcher? Because yeah. he, he's doing a lot of doing. He, he talks to the fourth doctor. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. He Up talks to Adric. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nyssa. I think the only person he doesn't talk to is Tegan. Yeah. This is not the behavior of somebody it's I would just call a watcher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they should have called him a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you think about that? I mean, you know, it's not like the most, you know, broad acting in the world, but, or in a, I don't mean that in, the, in a bad way, but like with the doctor seeing the watcher and presumably, I don't know what the opposite of dramatic irony, only he knows that we don't know. He knows what it is. Does he? Cause he seems to sort of, you know, cause you know, he, then he starts making all these things about, you know, the, we don't say the end is coming, but like, we'll. I forget the exact words. Ding, 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 ding. The end is nigh. Yeah, ding, he doesn't ding, say like there's ding, a price to be paid or something. But he he basically tells Adric something bad's going to happen, and I think he spends the whole. Ser- At least this was my head canon, as we, as we can say that that he knows he's going to die. But if you're going to do that, make it more obvious. Mm-hmm. That's that's my only thing about that. <laughs> Don't make it weird. Because I think that, <laughs> I, you know. Again, this is what I always say to you. I'd love to see the script because. Watching it every time, not that I've seen the whole serial that many times, but watching now the whole serial the whole time, at the end, even you don't need to just watch the clip of like the fourth Doctor's regeneration to find on YouTube, where it's like, you know, you go through the whole flashbacks, and then the it, it's almost like an ADR, where it's like, oh shoot, we gotta record the line about what the watcher is, because we got like five seconds left, and it's just like, um, Matt, can you uh, do this line, uh, it was the Doctor the whole time, because it's sort of like... Oh, it's the watcher. He was the doctor the whole time. And then regeneration and done. I'm like, what? what?" And I'm also really, (laughs) I would like to know what the conversation between the watcher and the doctor was. You know, I'm the next doctor. Okay. Why are you dressed like a mummy? (laughs) Are you my mummy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Different, different episode. Yeah. It was a strange. And again, if. Because we've just done the, um. Fade regenerations, so, you know, one to two, you know, TARDIS, TARDIS, bright, well, a little bright light, or as much as you could do back then. Yeah. Um, uh, two to three, we actually didn't see. It was just sort of, ah, and then John Pertwee falls out of the TARDIS in color. And then three to four was the sort of a fade. And then this is sort of like white, sticky cocoon, Peter Davison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and so then the, the, the next question is, are all the other doctors currently hanging out in white sticky cocoon stuff? Just like mummies, just waiting to thunk, (laughs) fall into, fall into place where they need to. I'm just not sure what he brought to, like, it would have been interesting if he had, if there were a suggestion that he was death. Or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. if there was some very clear awareness, but 
Mm-hmm. There's not. Yeah. Um, it did make me think a, a little bit randomly of the scene, Madame Vastra's people, when they're underground. Right. That one. When Silurians. Silurians, thank you. Where Amy and Rory see themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm not sure is explained either. Right. Well, they yeah. travel to the little farther future and they're in the whales or wherever they are. Of course they're in whales. Yeah. Uh, well, what's mining? Yeah. And so, yeah, they see themselves far away. Yeah. yeah. And then only one. And then Rory's Rory disappears. Not, yeah. So. Yeah. Then at the end, Amy waves to herself. Yeah. 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 Felt a little bit. It reminded me a little bit of that. Yeah. But. So I, it's uh, it's random. I mean, it really did seem like it was sort of a deuce ex watcher because um, it was sort of like there's like this was just one time, like five times during the episode. Like I don't know where. Oh, the watcher told us to do this, and like yes. well, or I guess, oh, the watcher brought me here. If but for that, we would have really been screwed. Yeah, one way of. I like it. I like it. <laughs> deus ex watcher. Yeah. There you go. Cool. So, before we talk post-show, anything else about Proper Legopolis? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So, at the end, we sort of had random science hour, which is not a bad thing. Of course, you know, when it's 1030 at night, maybe not the best thing. But as a concept, I didn't mind it. Yeah, no, I found it quite interesting. Tegan seemed to know a lot about space. She had a lot of questions. She, she had, had a lot, lot of questions. questions. But also, like, a f- she they were smart questions. Right. Tell me the difference between a pulsar and, you know, so yes, it was very interesting. Yeah. But as you say, possibly not necessarily the most riveting, hey, you've just sat for two hours in the cinema and now we're going to show you a a radio telescope that (laughs) really didn't play a huge part in the script anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Other than, yeah, this is a special effect. We definitely replaced. Yep. But, hey, there are aliens somewhere. And look, the moon landing really did happen. Janet Fielding. Sorry. I got tired of not remembering her name. So, yes, Janet. Uh, So, yeah, Janet and Sarah visit this radio telescope. Apparently the third largest in the country. First when it was built. Third in the world. World. Sorry. That's what I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Third in the world. Yeah. But it it was interesting to learn about the different things they study. Because it really gets into the fundamental things about the universe, which is interesting because we don't think about it. How gravity works and gravity is time and, and all that stuff. So yeah, and a lot of talk about Einstein's theories of relativity and how the research that they were doing continues to support that theory. Mm-hmm. And the, and part of that theory is that time is not linear. Right. Having seen, recently we saw a stage production of The Life of Galileo, so that's what got us a little bit in science moods and science approaches and all that. So, yeah, that was interesting as well as, you know, as we study, uh, not we, of course, we're, we're too busy looking for lost episodes, but as um, <laughs> yes. but as scientists study uh, galactic phenomenon, obviously they're, well, they're really studying the past, of course, because all stars are, you know, the way light works and sound yes. is all yeah, far, is you know, light years away. and Anything that we see from here happened. And I did like the, the thought of that someone is looking at us right now in the future. Yes, mm-hmm. which is cool and kind of creepy. Yep. Uh, yeah, and and the suggestion that the chances of there being life on a singular planet out yep. of all of them. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I thought, interesting. Yeah, it's a nice note to think about because 
I don't always, I don't know, this is me personally, I don't always, because being a Star Trek background, which is also, which is usually very science-y, even if it's fake science-y, but Doctor Who, I don't always imagine being very science-y, but it was interesting to have, sort of have that connection um, to it and, and have folks interested in that, so. Yep. I'm always wondering, you know, if people watch Doctor Who and then become scientists, because like, you know, you watch Star Trek and become a scientist, I get it, but, I, you know, Doctor Who, I guess I, I could see why, but it doesn't always instinctively come to me that that would necessarily be that motivation. Yes. Cool. Cool. Uh, all right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, how did you... So, from that theater experience, we will now go into the TARDIS library. And then we're going to go into the next TARDIS library. And then after that, we're going to go into the TARDIS library. And then after that, we're going to go into the TARDIS library. But it's okay, because I brought my sheriff's badge to get us in. When you close your eyes... I go to the library. Go to the library now. And so we're going to go from the theatrical world to the audio theatrical world. <laughs> yes. With a big finished production and mm-hmm. our continuing uh, following of The Eighth Doctor. Yes. With The Sword of Orion. This is, I believe, our... Which totally looks like Sword of Onion in here. Right. That's fun. It is. Makes me cry. Um, <laughs> I believe this is our third serial so far with The Eighth Doctor, if I'm doing this off the top of my head, with uh, The Doctor and Charlie. Would you like to read the synopsis? I would. The human race is locked in deadly combat with the android hordes in the Orion system. Light years from the front line, the Doctor and Charlie arrive to sample the dubious delights of a galactic backwater, little suspecting that the consequences of the Orion War might reach them there. But High Command's lust for victory knows no bounds. Trapped aboard a mysterious, derelict star destroyer, the Doctor and Charlie find themselves facing summary execution. But this is only the beginning of their troubles. The real danger has yet to awaken. Until, somewhere in the dark recesses of the Garazone system, the Cybermen receive the signal for reactivation. Doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this was... Uh... Oh, what'd you think, darling? I was so confused all of the way through it. Right. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I'd say this was an average one. It wasn't bad. It wasn't knocked out of the party park either. Because it was sort of like, you know, there's a little bit of connection from the previous one with the with the Hurt. I now I've even forgot what it was called. The Time Raptor. It's not what it's called. Time Pterodactyl. That's what it is in my head. But anyway. <laughs> and, and so they're like, oh, well, we need to find a way to m- make it feel better. Let's go to some galactic market. And they go there. And then one thing leads to another. And they end up um, going to this barge or ship. And then that ship's the one that's encountered. Not that they know it at the time, but the cyber ship. And then they get in the cyber ship. And then they lose the TARDIS. And adventures there's a dead body, and the guy's like, you obviously killed him. Because we jumped to conclusions. Yep. Um, and we may or may not be pirates of some sort. Or oh, that's right. Selling... Oh, they, were, they were scrappers, or that's what they were. But some yes, of them were some yeah. smugglers on the side. Yep. Their side hustle, like you have. Yep. But then their captain was this mysterious captain. But then she wasn't the captain the whole time. No, she got there was a mutiny. mutiny. Oh, that Michael Burnham. Yeah, and the mutiny guy was right. one of the... He eventually got cyber-controlled. Obviously. But he was one of the smugglers, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. 
And yeah, it was all very, and then there was another guy and they sounded a lot alike and that's always tricky when you've got radio. Now, darling, do you know who one of the guys was? I I could tell you the character's name, but I don't know who it was, but one of the guys, Mark Gaddis. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I yeah, I don't. I don't even know which one. I yeah, no, I got nothing. <laughs> well, and uh, how's Charlie going for you? Um, yeah, it didn't feel. This felt very, very plot driven, mm-hmm. and so I don't know necessarily that I learned a whole lot of new stuff about Charlie. Yeah, it seemed a little uh, companion generic. Yeah, just be kidnapped or in the other story. Yeah. Because we have to split the party up always. So, Doctor, you go over here, companion, you're with the scrap crew, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't feel necessarily that I learned anything new about Charlie this time. Yeah. It's interesting in as much as it was with the uh, captain, uh, the one who was sort of more mysterious because she knew who the Cybermen were, and that kind of intrigued the Doctor because at this point in time, you know, the Cyber War had been, you know, like 100 years ago or something like that. But then, of course, this is you meet the Cybermen eventually, and so yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, I mean, not, not like I said, not the greatest. I, mean, I give it like a. They had the little cyber rat. Yep, the cyber mat. That's what I said. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah, like I'd be, I'd give it like a B minus, C plus, you know. Yeah, I'd probably go slightly lower. Mm-hmm. Solid C. Right. Just because I was so confused. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a stereotypical Doctor Who story, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, you know. And again, you know how I feel about the really science-y heavy one. You know, this this felt very sci-fi heavy. Right. Um, and a lot of the, obviously, the benefits of doing audio is that you can do more sci-fi without breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. But this felt really, really sci-fi and... That just made my head hurt. Yeah. To me, I, I was really intrigued at the beginning because you can, it sort of captured the sort of the mystery of like, oh, this is a ship. And I mean, because you've seen the cover, you know, it's a cyber ship um, of the of the adventure. But still, you know, and you don't know how many are on there. Is it one Cyberman or two? And they sort of Three keep, they kind of keep popping up, four. but then they kind of shoot them. Um, so you don't know how many are on there. And then, of course, they're frozen because they're always frozen. Yeah. The Cybermen are always frozen. That's what they do. So, yeah. 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 So, there you go. So, you know, it's, it's a, a regular Cyberman 8th Doctor adventure. So, we don't know. Well, we'll look forward to the next one. How do you enjoy going in order here with the 8th Doctor? Yeah, no, I think it's important. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we learned at Galley that there are a trillion companions for the 8th Doctor. <laughs> and so, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what else, you know... Yeah. I haven't gotten a good handle. I mean, I I, I like Lucy. Right. I like Lucy a lot. I like Sheridan Smith a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found her, like, we've listened to the one where, obviously, she's not all that she seems. Right. And we don't know any more than that. And we know bits about Charlie, but not, I don't think we know yet and mo- enough about Charlie, we certainly don't know more about Charlie yet than I feel like I do about Lucy. Right. Lucy was more mysterious introduction. Charlie's sort of like, I was pretending to be a man, but now I'm interested. Yeah, and we get more of it. There's a whole Alice in Wonderland thing Mm -hmm. at some point. At some point, That we've listened to, but that's all we've got, really. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we've been 
sort of spoiled that it becomes rose like at some point with her and the doctor so oh yeah we'll we'll see yeah so we're gonna plow through because we got to get to that bit (laughs) love a little doctor who rom-com yeah so we'll see we'll see all right well until next week we hope you enjoy listening watching and reading about the doctor's adventures throughout time time and and space. space This is BBC Television.